Have you ever wanted to start your own podcast? Have you ever had a thought in your head and you just felt the entire world needed an opportunity to hear your thoughts and all that kind of great stuff? Well, if so, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor Podcasting. It is the easiest platform I have found to make a podcast. They have editing tools, episode creation tools. There's even a green room function. Check it all out. On top of that, they even distribute the whole thing for you for free. The entire thing is free. You can get onto Apple Podcasts. You can get onto Spotify Podcasts, which are, you know, the two that I find get the most traction. Then you get Stitcher and all kinds of other stuff, Blackbox, Whatbox, and all the other boxes that I'm not familiar with. If you are interested in making your own podcast right now, download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Welcome back to the Ghost Club Magazine Podcast. I'm your host, OJ. Happy October, everyone. In today's episode, Keithy is joined by Steve once again for the Keithy and Steve Power Hour, or the Steve and Keithy Power Hour, depending on which side you like better, America or the UK. Anyway, hope you enjoy these wacky kids one more time. This meeting is being recorded. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Ghost Club Magazine. Yeah, we're going to, it's all laughter. It's all laughter. The laughter edition. We do this. I don't know if uh, anybody caught that I did like a Skeletor laugh in one of our New Music Fridays for the band Skeletor. Nobody caught it. I'm very sad. Ghost Coat Magazine welcomes in our senior editor, Stephen Tovey, to talk about two ball guys talking about music releases, new music coming out soon, the year that has been, the year to come, whatever we got. Steve, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm very good. How you doing? All good? I'm good, man. I'm good for a Monday. Uh, <laughs> That's good to say. Hasn't just been a manic Monday. Feels like it's 10 days into the week already. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Monday. Yeah, not so bad today. Last week felt like a year. This week is so far so good, but it just started. Uh, you know, hope you are well. We collaborate every month on these podcasts and run down some releases for the month that was. Talk about what's coming up. We're, we're just at the start of October. I'm very excited. This is the busy season of the record release year. Anybody that's thinking of putting out something that hasn't already announced it, please don't. I beg you. And um, <laughs> wait till next year. It's okay. I haven't seen the announcement the obligatory blackmail release being released on Christmas Day yet, but I'm sure there's one that's coming. There's always one, and it's always bad. Who enjoys these? <laughs> no one. Don't do this. Um, unless it's a unless it's like a black metal Christmas song, in which case that would be cool. But even Christmas Day, no one's looking in their inbox. Nobody. Not even me. New Year Christmas Day and New Year's Day, I'm off. <laughs> I don't look at anything unless somebody passes away. But like, I'm not interested. No. Don't send it to me. I don't understand these releases. A lot of Halloween releases, it seems like. We're going to get some spooky releases uh, or spooky merch. That's always welcome. But yeah, bands, if you've already got your album announced, there's I see there's still a couple leaking out for November. There might be some Record Store Day stuff at the end of November around the world. But like, please don't. Please. <laughs> full. Um, signs are up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. Signs point to no. Don't do this. I'm shaking the magic bullet uh, for people listening on a podcast that can't see this. But um, yeah, man, I you know, uh, hope all is well. You Again, a, a bang up job by yourself, the entire staff. I think at this point you can drop the number if you have one, but we have this ongoing tally of how many records we've reviewed this year. It is an astronomical number to my brain. Uh, well, I was going to say, actually. I'm just going to bring up this one, uh, going to jump 
a little bit of a spoiler for one of the albums we look forward to October at the moment, unless someone big announces a surprise release. Devon Townsend is due to be our 500th review of the year. So we're well ahead of our 10 a week plans um, and schedule. So, yes. So, yeah, and uh, better than Dev. And it's not fixed. It's just the way the spreadsheet's fallen. So uh, um, but it couldn't couldn't be more apt, though, to be fair, to be uh, to be Devin. Uh, as you know, well, we, someone we both love, most of our staff love as well. And uh, some of that, I think, style-wise, fits right at the centre of our ghost cult Venn diagram anyway. So... The honor is all yours, Dev. Magic five hundred. <laughs> yeah, that's that's appropriate. And again, that would be more than double the amount we did last year. And the year ain't over. Once the Devi album drops, we still have probably eight weeks of releases. I think at a certain point we're gonna cut ourselves off. We just discussed offline as we get ready to do our big end of year list shebang a bang that we often do. We don't do a lot of listicles here, but we started. You know, we started. You know, we do these, and they do seem to. Be be very popular and bands do share which i and labels share and i'm grateful uh i did start doing a top 10 stories of the week which does include some of our album reviews that get a lot of traction uh slipknot for the last two weeks has been very divisive for september and uh very has the fan base hard heartily divided and uh, but has been the most viewed and watched and clicked on reviews um as well as our YouTube short version that I do. Uh, I think the next one, I'm I'm probably not gonna do another one till later this month because I'm just busy with the festival and stuff. I rethought it. I was gonna try to do, hit all these big ticket reviews and I just don't think it's possible for me to do them justice right. and for Omar to edit them, Omar Cordy, and um, to have him produce and edit them all is a lot, a lot of work. And uh, But the Slipknot one exploded with just a few days before the release. Yeah. And again, I always link back to Gary and I quote I quote all our reviewers in those little five-minute reviews. So I'll, I will probably link the Slipknot one in here since I mentioned it. But uh, unless you have any other items of note you want to share or bring up, feel free to talk about your favorite releases for September now that September's in the rear view. No, it's cool. I think um, it's an interesting one to start with, with Slipknot album. So... Just poking around online um, as you do in the dark depths of the, the hellhole that can be Twitter and, and other social media uh, spaces. I was really surprised at the reaction on, on Friday um, to the album, the Slipknot album, when it came out. Um, I think part of it is we've had the benefit of having the album for a few weeks, so you kind of um, you get past that initial reaction. I've um, personally got used to not trying to have an expectation going into a record, but I think a lot of people do, it's a big Slipknot record, the last two have been this, that and the other, and this is going to be this. And people are responding given, and making their decision on one, two listens. I think it's a different Slipknot album, and it feels to me a bit like Volume 3 did, in that I wasn't sold on Volume 3 to begin with, but it was a definite grower. I could tell it was one that I needed to hear more. And I think that's the same with um, The End So Far. You know, I think it's definitely a good record. I think people jump into a position of, no, it's like the worst Slipknot record. It makes, you know, all hope is gone sound like Iowa. Blah, blah. No, it's not. It's none of those things. It's like, you know, it's some, they've tried some stuff. It might not all make sense first time around, but once you're four or five listens in, I think there's some real good, um, really good experimental, for want of a better phrase, you know, it's different avenues they've gone down that 
it'll take a bit of getting used to but you know if you would if you just want the two three singles then you've got tracks two three four that's fine and then get your playlist done and move move on to something else but i think it's an album which they don't always have in their repertoire and they've sometimes had collections of songs you know and the singles and the big ones and then that's it but this feels like an album to me and as you and i both <laughs> mentioned it many times and gone on at length I'm all in on the album format. You know, I'm not a singles person. Um, and I think the the dynamics work well. I think the fact it starts off with uh, a big melodic um, choirs and backing vocals and wall walls and a pretty soft song. Uh, but then they use that to take her into a traditional slipknot kind of rager and then take all these steps and things throughout the album. I think, I'm not saying it's a masterpiece, but I think it's definitely a lot better than the vibe that most people are putting out. And I think that's an initial reaction. I think in six months' time, we'll be seeing a lot of revision and like, ah, yeah, actually, yeah, maybe there's something. And by the, time, by the time they come around to headlining fests and tours and things this time next year, everyone will be saying it's a classic. So, you know, <laughs> I think it's an interesting talking point. And it's a, you know, it's a, right. it's a good I'm- I'm the two things that I learned about Slipknot fans this week are they hate all hope is gone, which confuses me because it's a really good record and they can't find anything to like some of them, some of them, not all of them. Some of them can't find anything to like about this record. Nothing like criticizing even the hardest, best songs <laughs> that I thought were great uh, yeah. is wild to me. And again, there again, there's this notion. I talked to you offline about this. I talked to it. This has been a prevalent conspiracy theory is what we're going to label it that Slipknot tanked this album on purpose turned in a poor album to screw Roadrunner and I know this has happened in the past before but it just seems wholly unbelievable to me that they would do that I can tell you yeah I don't don't see that I mean yeah if you look at Stone Sour with the fact that Corey's released Jim Root to concentrate on writing stuff for Slipknot so they can be more prolific and so they can have a better focus and given the space to write this, the stuff that you know goes alongside the the other brains and other creative forces and stuff not I don't, I don't i don't see it you know i think in terms of quality as well it's just well above that you know i think even even if it was to be seen as a you know a, a six six seven out of ten record in in the long run it's still going to sell millions for them and it's still got enough you know good uh lead off singles to fill up you know the set list and things but it's just I don't know. It's a really weird kind of um, psychology of people to be thinking thinking like that. You know, I, I can't imagine there's many bands out there with deliberately about a stinking record. Yeah, I, like you said, you know, perhaps a, allegedly a day aside or a napalm death may have done that in the past on certain labels they were on to get out of contractual obligations. But, you know, but we're not talking one of the biggest bands that our world uh, has ever seen if they want out of roadrunner they'll just get out of roadrunner <laughs> yeah i mean like their deal is up so like what is the value they're already leaving what is the value of like putting in a weird or bad record and i think maybe the thing to point to is that jim didn't really write on this record he played a couple of solos and he didn't really write whole songs so this is the first time maybe since all hope is gone that he didn't yeah. contribute heavily to and i think that's or actually really the first slip not because he came in in the middle of the recording and he put down a few solos and a couple of ideas but he didn't really contribute to that record the debut so like maybe yeah. there's something there and maybe that's why Corey said publicly like oh jim and i are going to do a side thing because maybe they miss writing together because jim's not in stone sour anymore and there is no stone yeah. sour so just really weird i like i like 
love most of the record, there's a couple of songs that are no bad songs to me. I didn't think any song in and of itself was poor. So that's just me. I love most of the record. And if you love the brutal, heavy shit of Slipknot, it's all there. So like, if you you can't find nothing to like about this, then something you got to check yourself. Um, What else did you uh, fancy from September? I'd like to know. I'm going to stick with the, the big releases and also the divisive ones. Um, and we touched on the Parkway Drive album uh, last month as well. We were looking forward to for September. Now, I think I really like it. I think it's, a, it's a, again, it's a, it's a good album. But I've seen a very big mix of responses to it. You know, I think um, a lot of people expect them to go heavier again, which I don't think that was uh, the obvious route after Iyer and uh, Reverence. I think, you know, I think it's a natural step. They've clearly been listening to the Black Album a lot um, in terms of what's informing their, their songwriting style and, and where they, they're going with things. But I think I really enjoyed the, I really enjoyed what they've come up with. You know, it isn't a case of it's not a three minute stock rude heavy metal songs you know i think um, winston's put a lot of work into the vocals and he may not be you know bruce dickinson or Eddie james dio but he's really working with what he's got he's found a way to be melodic while being still maintaining that energy and aggression there's some quality earworms in there i think the guitars in particular work really hard on those catchy little motifs that they started with vice grip and stuff like that a few years back but they're now sort of perfected and you know um and i was i was really generally surprised at the the response online so i was talking offline with with matt cook who did the did the review for us fine addition to our writing team this year and you know we said it's like a it's like a trilogy of albums you know you've got the the progression you've got the pre ire parkway drive and you've got the ire reverence and darker still parkway drive and i think this this concludes that kind of journey really nicely gives them several songs to put in their live set absolutely but with songs like um grace fear and so on it is setting up another step to a different direction they can do for next time around so you know but that was yeah i've enjoyed that i think the other ones i wanted to, to cover off uh mentioned again briefly last time was the strigoi album um a viscera with uh, greg mcintosh and chris casket from van fire so it just um it's no surprise considering some of the bands that i'm in have been in the crusty doom death metal is something that's going to appeal to me you know don't listen to much of it but i like to listen to the cream of it and to be fair you know i think you've got that there those kind of um mournful you know um funereal macintosh kind of um dark riffs and uh you know horrid vocals um and just yeah just a mix of uh those that sort of show three styles the cross doom and death um and the other ones i wanted to mention so one that i picked up myself for review um and i'll be honest you know some some things drop in the, in the in the inbox and you kind of like look at the description if you don't know the band or you might listen to the lead off track and we say yeah we're not too fussed about that um, but there was something about the no devotion um record so it's called no oblivion um and it's on equal vision that just sort of captured the interest a little bit so it's the singer from thursday and a couple of the guys that used to be in lost profits um and they've had a in terms of like their attempts to start a new band and get up and running they've, they've sort of hit every single roadblock and every challenge imaginable um and you hear a lot of sob stories about bands and you know wow everything gets put the album out we wanted and covid and stuff but um there's just something around the the, the, the first song on their starlings that kind of just worked it's kind of not necessarily my usual bag but it's a bit more chilled and a bit more electronic and a bit more alternative rock but lighter but it's just really really classy really well put together um it's kind of 
there's there's some cool almost like Blade Runner 80s soundtrack style synths and bits that that play throughout. Um, but all in, it's just a collection of um, just some some good earnest, you know, mature um, contemporary, but yeah, um, chilled rock songs. Um, and the last one, in complete contrast to that, and I may may have the pronunciation wrong, but I'm going by what I think I hear on the record is uh, the Geria album. Um, so album's called Mirage on Season of Mist. Um, it has received a lot of a bit of buzz, uh, quite a bit of bit of hype, which for a mysterious hooded black metal band, you know, you don't always see. Um, and I was always wary of, of jumping on the, the hype bandwagon um, and often leave those sorts of records till till later. But fortunately, having had it in about six weeks before release, I was able to hear it before realising everyone was was hyping it. But that's been my favourite one out of them all this, this month. Um, it's really, um, really landed with me. This, this is a good uh, mix of... I don't know, just kind of almost not quite the Devon Townsend Water Noise production, but the the layers on the guitars are almost like I don't know, it looks like like the ocean, you know, it's kind of deep and moving and it kind of, you know, bit tidal to it and they're kind of just but I don't know. I know what I'm trying to say. I've got a vision in my head of like one of those David Attenborough Frozen Planet documentaries with this massive, big kind of ocean waves, kind of you know, out way out in the middle of nowhere with no no land in sight. But then on top of that, they they're layering in these um, Death Heaven style, you know, tremolo melodies and some some really cool dynamics. I think it's kind of got a real kind of ebb and flow to it. And again, another one that for me that just feels like an album. It's like sixty minute or fifty odd minute um, journey that you put on and you kind of let it take you through the through the melancholy bits and then back out the other side there's a bit of you know nice uplifting guitar bits but all in it's got a kind of nasty but a good nastiness to it so yeah those are my big five for the, for the month nice. the big five I will, I will also mention uh speaking of no devotion two bands that i'm a little surprised they're continuing we got the news lately that power trip is looking to reconfigure their band yeah, continue they have yeah. their some way shape or form and the bit the more you know the more prominent news is that black dahlia murder is continuing without trevor they're doing a big tribute show to trevor in november and then the plan is the band is going to continue on with brian who's putting down his guitar live and is going to scream um i like that they're keeping it in house these are difficult decisions that were not taken lightly or anything when you lose somebody in either of these manners that we lost these heroes but i think it's cool that the bands feel and they should feel empowered to have the license to continue and it seems like the response has been fairly positive to both yeah definitely i think the black dahlia one in particular a lot of people understand and are glad that the legacy is going to continue and it's it feels a, a natural choice i mean you know and what a way to honor an incredible champion of extreme music so yeah all power to them uh, to both bands for that Okay. Indeed. Uh, as the traffic of San Francisco is behind me outside my window, I'm going to give you my quick five for September. Uh, we did spend, you know, we spend a little time on each of these going back, going forward. Uh, some records that I didn't listen to as much before they came out that I listened to day of and fell in love with. Uh, the Bloodbath Survival of the Sickest. Oh my goodness. Nice. I really wish I had gotten early on that. Time wasn't permitting, but what a great album. Surely in my top 
list for the year and uh, just, you know, brilliant. I hope they get to, you know, kind of have their tour plans kiboshed a little bit for the U.S. and North America, but I'm hopeful for next year they get over here. We just had Paradise Lost tour of the States. So uh, some of those guys are in that band and others. Um, so very, very big on that. Just gruesome, brutal record. Crippled Black Phoenix, a band I've always loved. Oh. Guard, a little bit weird, a little bit out there, out of the box. Uh, Bane Fire, hopefully I said that right, on Season of Mist. Uh, fantastic record, highly recommended. Phobophilic, if you like your old school gnarly death metal, uh, that album is Enveloping Absurdity and a uh, great record. Uh, from a little lighter touch, the uh, Adrian Smith, Richie Kotzen record, uh, yes. Better Days and Nights. I love the title with the ellipsis yeah. in it. Um, you know, this is their second record, heavy metal, hard rock, just what you imagine these two guys. Richie, in particular, Richie Kotzen is one of the most talented people ever. Uh, and to put him with Adrian, it's like definitely got their unique sound. They've honed in on it now. So I think Better Days and Nights is half live, half originals. And the live oh, is yeah. them playing those originals live before it was released, which is very novel in this day and age to keep things a little buttoned up and not, uh, you know, so like they're, that was for their fans, right? Right? And I'm sure that yeah. means they're, you know, I believe they're working on a third release for some time yeah. in the future. Obviously, Richie, yeah, so very exciting on this. Yeah, it's cool reading the, the Adrian Smith um, autobiography well because it just towards the end, he just, he just drops in about his family and the Carsons being like, you know, kind of hanging out together. Um, I think it's in Florida, I might have the wrong, <laughs> completely the wrong state, but hanging out together, fishing and, like, you know, just chilling out on the porches writing riffs and playing songs and I think it comes across really well it just sounds like two good friends that like hard rock bluesy rock and just going out there and playing it and I'm I'm, I'm slightly biased in that Agent Smith is one of my all-time favorite human beings ever so that's cool <laughs> he is wonderful you should bottle that smile and him and Dave and sell it sell it to people for happiness and then finally uh, for September I really love the Wolfheart record this is a very consistent band uh, kind of like the Sabaton I can handle <laughs> without being power metal you know sing about war sing about historical things in a yeah. not cheesy way that works for me uh, King of the North I'm getting the straight Game of Thrones vibes King of the North there on Napalm Records uh, you know Wolfheart put a new record out every two to three years they did a really wonderful live stream in like some frostbitten tundra with flames all around them that was actually melting the ice um, that was during the pandemic they are remarkably consistent I would love to see them live someday have never had the pleasure and uh, we had a, a particularly great review written by our own Rosie Walker and uh, she's a big fan but also the album is completely worthy definitely another banger and uh, I look forward to again hopefully either I have to get over to Europe to see them or they have to come here because I really need this band yeah. in my life a little more no and I have to admit um, there's I absolutely should love Wolfhart and for whatever reason I've decided I'm not going to like them they're going to be a bit too cheesy and I've never heard them um, so I've kind of actively stayed away but Rosie's review um has made me change my thoughts on that so it's on my is on my to do my catch-up list um so yeah she's really kind of um evocative and powerful review that made it sound like uh and it doesn't make does make it sound like it's exactly up my alley and i really should be checking it out because if it's melodic and heavy and a bit viking and a bit kind of epic then why, why am i not listening to it <laughs> it's kind of you know ticks all the boxes so 
She's very convincing. Uh, she's very convincing in that review. Uh, like, why aren't you listening to this? What's wrong with you? But, uh, you know, it's okay. We all have our bands. We have our bands. Like, I cannot do Therion as great as they are or Sonata I can't do these bands. I know they're great. I know I'm supposed to love them. I will do them for a song or two. I cannot do a whole album in heaven forbid. I can't do. I, I definitely, I fell asleep in two concerts in my whole life and both were probably due to insomnia and the leftover effects of I should have been better slept before the show but Therion is one and Symphony X is the other and I do love Symphony X and the people in those bands I literally there's like a photo of me asleep drooling at a Symphony X concert um anywho it's not just the kiss kiss of Dunnington in 90 something I was young then like it wasn't it wasn't any old man vibe kiss did that for me I just they just just just, Kiss this weekend. I don't ever need. I love. I grew up loving them. I don't ever need to see them again. But they are going to be one of the headliners of AfterShock Festival this weekend that I will be at. And as we record this, and uh, I don't need to see them ever again. I'll probably skip out halfway through because I just don't need to do that to myself. I need right. to keep my. How many times you seen Hogan? Kidron and Pantera did it better. Anyway, it, that's, <laughs> that's totally true. Uh, so for this month, as we get into October. Uh, what's what's on your radar? What are you already enjoying? What can you what can you recommend to our listeners? Well, it's an accidental mention thing we uh, uh, of Skid Row there. So um, to be fair, uh, I guess my interest in the new Skid Row album is, as with most of us, I'm sure, we loved the first two way back when I was. Uh, when I still had hair and quite a lot of it. Um, but I wasn't, again, wasn't really, didn't have an ear out for um, for the new Skid Row record. It's in the, the, the news that the, the vocalist from Heat had joined. Um, and I did really like the last Heat album. Heat is just a big, cheesy, hard rock, power metal-y, borderline kind of, you know, uh, just a good, good Euro metal album. Um, but Duncan Evans... Um, who's picked up the Skid Row review for us um, this time around. He's, he's it's a slight spoiler. It's a very positive review that's coming in and we'll be running in a, um, in a couple of weeks' time. Um, but he's convinced me to give it a try. And you know what? He's not wrong. It's, um, the, the guy is, is the dead spit of setback, um, to be fair. So they couldn't have found someone that sounded better and apparently someone they can all get on with. So it's the best of both worlds in that. Um, I'm not a big fan of the fact that the title track is a bit of a dig at the absent vocalist since it's called The Gang's All Here but you know we'll let it slide because it's a really good hard rock tune that sounds like it could be on stage to the grind um, the first song kicks off it sounds like Creepshow um, again from Stage to the Grind there's a lot of back reference stuff going on they talk about Tricky Miss Vicky she kind of gets a, you know, a guest appearance their version of Charlotte the Harlot but I suppose but it's a throwback without being dated and it's a throwback album without being too yeah too too retro um and i said yeah the the they sound like they're on fire and having fun in the studio and writing some some good hard rock songs so fair fair play on that um we have a um so a bit of a, a sister release that in a weird way but handling i guess the the being an older band putting stuff out um in a different way is the new album from the cult um so under the midnight sun um which i picked up for this week and i'm really impressed with that um 
they've kind of um, they haven't done the let's go back and rewrite Love or Electric or Sonic Temple, but they've they've got their classic sound, their classic style. The you know the, the Duffy Asprey combo sound is all there, but there's a kind of a they're in their fifties. You know, there's a kind of maturity to it, and they've they've played that. They're not trying to be something. They're not. They're trying to. They're not trying to rewrite Little Devil, um, and so I'm. Um, really pleased, yeah, really enjoying the what they've done with it. It's, it's got kind of a melancholy darkness to it, but without losing the the rock guitar. And I think the the guitar all the way through is is exemplary. There's some incredible um, playing on there, and um, and vocally they've never sounded more like Danzig's on vocals, which there's always been a similarity for me. I think in the two voices, but there's even more so coming through in this. Maybe it's a bit more bluesy than they've they've done before. So there's those ones. I did want to give a little nod to. Um, the Antichrist Imperium again, very jumping from one non-extreme to the other. Um, whose album Volume Three, Satan in All His Glory, um, <laughs> is out this week with a ridiculously large-chested female being demon engaged, shall we say, on the cover. Typical David Gray um, artwork, um, but it's loads of songs about sex and Satan. But in a really kind of what I like about Antichrist Imperium, to be fair, the tongue's very clearly in, in cheek but uh they, they play it quite straight you know it's a very dry droll sort of sense on there but it's the guys from akakoka and voices um and matt willett from werewolves and it's that i guess it's like yeah akakoka with more more of a sense of humor or voices with a, a i don't know with a with a a slightly different side to them, but it works. It's, it's kind of a bit more fun than, than both of those those bands. Maybe they they sacrifice a bit of the overall quality from that respect, but it works really well. They kind of mess around a little bit, jump in between some gothic passages and some quality death metal bits. Um, so yeah, big big fan of big fan of them as people and the bands they've been in um, and of this release as well. So um, and to be fair, um, anything the guys in Akin Voices are in, I'll check out and have an ear to. So good guys and good band. So that's that. Coming to the stuff that um, I guess I'm looking forward to that I haven't heard yet. Um, it's the Sugar Horse EP uh, called Waterloo Teeth, which is a kind of a post-rocky, sludgy rock sort of collab um, EP where um, British band got together with quite a few uh, named, I think, Biffy Clara on there, Harriet are on there. There's a few, uh, a whole big cast of, of guests that are there. And it's, it's uh, the, I guess the, the vibes and the hype seem to be um, suggesting this is going to be one of those sleeper releases that should feature quite high in, in a few lists, but I haven't heard it yet. Um, the other one I haven't heard yet that a lot of people are talking about is Thought Crime. Uh, with Digital Drift and uh, the Cyber Grind album. So I kind of um, look forward to, I say look forward to, I'm a bit kind of cautious on that one, but it definitely seems to be having a bit of chat about it. So we'll see. (laughs) And then very quickly, last three releases for me. Uh, um, So one on... Uh, one on Church Road coming up big fans of that label we've talked offline about them quite a bit and um, over the last couple of years they've had a really stellar kind of uh, diversity of bands but they're hitting, hitting the nail on the head with each of them and they, so they've got the new Implore album um, so kind of like HM2 hardcore mixed with traces of mellow death metal bit of post-metal in there um, and so looking forward to that but the the two big ones to be honest I suppose the ones that I'll probably end up falling for the biggest um, haven't heard it much of the new architects yet but really like what i have heard it does sound to be a bit more experimental what of a better phrase i suppose a bit less 
architects and they're doing a few different more poppy things i think a bit more melodic and a bit more coming back out of their shell i think you know the the, the last cut album for those who wish to exist open the doors to this and they seem to be jumping through and then um uh coming back to where we started album 500 of our reviews devon and light work and so i had an introduction to devs um to light work probably about three months ago where i saw was lucky enough to go and see a really small intimate acoustic show that they've put on just him and his guitar and a, and a, and a laptop and he mentioned many many times that um lightweight was an essential really and he meant it, it came across as in his usual self-deprecating humorous way you know humor through repetition like the peter griffin grabbing his knee um type of approach but saying it was a really important record for him to get to what's coming next it seems to be almost like the catharsis album and he was you know very big emotional involvement as there always is i think for devon and his his albums but the impression i'm getting without having i haven't heard a note and i won't until day one of the album coming out is it would perhaps be less of a metal and more of a kind of a melodic um song based album than perhaps he might traditionally release but i don't know i will i will i'm sure i'll love it because there isn't a devon album that i haven't loved but i've talked much longer than i meant to sorry (laughs) i am not one to interrupt and i was riveted (laughs) and uh what a time to be alive we will say later in life we lived in the time of devon townsend being just Devin Townsend prolific and brilliant. I will be listening to the Devin Townsend later tonight. I will not spoil it for you. I have listened to the entire Skid Row album <laughs> weirdly <laughs> and loved it. So that's um and Duncan has been teasing his positivity about the album on social media. So not a complete spoiler. He's been spoiling it himself. Normally I would frown on such things, but Duncan is lovely and generally great. So I have no problem. I like his teasing. He's preparing people to check it out which i like um follow that example everybody not all the time um you know it's very easy we're in the thick of the season here and it's very easy to talk about the biggest releases i'm glad you mentioned architects i listened to some of that also very fine the lamb of god is what you expect if you love the band you're going to love this record no no real weak songs great job all around tremendous riffs great drumming by my friend there art cruz uh for me I picked a very weirdly specific and eclectic group of records. Uh, First off, Dead Daisies, Radiance, not a band that's for everybody, but high quality super group. They're going through some changes with the band the last few years, but very excited for new Dead Daisies. The band is meant to have a revolving lineup, so they don't seem to care when people come and go or have to go in some cases, (laughs) like Marco Mendoza, but um, who has a new solo album out that's quite good. but uh, yeah, Dead Daisy's excited about that on SPV. Uh, the band that everybody is talking about, at least in the grind scene, Escuela Grind, who has grind in their name on Monarch Heavy, Memory Theater, Killer Band Live, the record. This is definitely the best thing they've ever done. Just absolute go for the throat music. I love it. Uh, City of Caterpillar, a little like, you know, another band that kind of like uh, similar to Pianos Become the Teeth, who I interviewed recently and heard their new album, which is also quite good. Two bands that sort of were the post-hardcore screamo stuff that is I like some of. And now they're both kind of weird post-rock 
post-punk bands, like very atmospheric and different than they used to be, more in common with different types of styles. So City Caterpillar, Mystic Sisters on Relapse, great album. Uh, Pixies, got to shout out Pixies. I went through a phase in the late 80s where I was all thrashed and death metaled out, and I got very heavily into kind of alternative rock because it was having its moment uh, with, you know, Sonic Youth and uh, bands like Pixies and, and, you know, some of their records were hugely important to me in my community college and high school days so their new record doggerel is really good and um on bmg just what you expect at this stage in their career and they have a whole world tour plan so you will have very uh, opportunities to go see the legendary pixies three hour headline set if you really love this band you will get everything um another album uh let's say maybe the last album because i think you mentioned another one that i would have but uh tension span on new rot recordings the future died yesterday a little bit of everything a little bit of a hodgepodge band can't hard to put your finger on what they are but what they are is very captivating to listen to especially on repeat listens you really hear layers of things um almost kind of like a you know again i go to this reference too much because they're my favorite band but pink floyd on repeat listens you're going to hear things you didn't catch the last time that deepen the experience and so i think that's uh you know it's a a a definite grower and a little probably under the radar record with all these things flying around these hundreds of releases the next few weeks that's a record that i think if people discover they will really like it and be challenged a little bit by their listening so that's my october i um you know uh, obviously again there's a ton of just tons of stuff every week there's no lag if somebody says there's no good new music they're bugging because they don't understand <laughs> how much stuff we have to cut through and separate yeah. you definitely can separate the wheat from the chafe if you like any genre of good heavy music there's plenty out there and um you know this is the high time of the year for it so please support bands with your dollars i think we have a band camp friday this week for those that are fans you know support your bands there they get the biggest cut of the money and um you know i have not much more to add to this but if you have any final thoughts i'd love to hear them before we say goodbye no it's just coming nothing what you're saying around the the amount of quality that there is at the moment so we we were talking through around you know that's around 500 of the year that we'd have covered um i think i'll you know the average reviews we're running out and i don't and i think we've spoken for about not being an overly generous site when it comes to, to scoring we try and be realistic with it and i think we're, we're, we're running in the you know 7.7 7.8 is our average out of those 500 there's over 70 albums we're not going to cover that are out in october of which a large chunk of those are, are still worth worth your time so i think it's you know anyone that yet that's bemoaning the state of modern music you know um <laughs> Just needs to do a little bit, but it's not hard to just do a little bit of digging um, to find out a little bit more. I can understand, I suppose, when you look at your YouTube music, Spotify playlist, you know, your new release stuff, um, you get a lot of the, the more mainstream bands that there is a, a similarity of style, you know, the post, post, not posters in post rock. I mean, the, the bands that have come out of metalcore and the kind of, you know, the, the bands that follow Disturbed and, and sound like that, you know, those sorts of your wrestle metal sort of bands. Yeah, I get that's a bit stale. <laughs> But all we have to do is just go to the next column along on your recommended releases or your next column along on your, your playlist and just or listen to these or have a look through the reviews that we're churning out. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a ridiculous amount of interesting and good and varied stuff. So, you know, I don't think we're, we're pretending that every album, every week there's a classic album, but every week there's something, there's usually at least one or two records that will stick, you know, we're sticking with and it will be still in the library in five years' time. So you can't ask for much more than that. <laughs> Right on. And if you're feeling 
any despair at this point in the world or anything, take heart that Godsmack has said that this next album is their last. So, you know, <laughs> I no, never. I, I like the single. I, I, like the, single. <laughs> I the single is quite good, and they're you know for what they are, they always do a good job, and they're very fun live. And I like some of those guys in that band, especially Shannon, who we've interviewed about his different things. But yeah, I just you know, I guess. Uh, you know, people no, between Nickelback, like, Disturbed, and Godsmack, uh, it's a weird, you know, it's a fun time. At least we'll have some entertaining stuff. I and, don't like that. I like the Nickelback single as well. But I don't get it. I think it, it was really on, good. It was really good. I real again, we've had people threaten to revolt and leave Ghost Cult if I ever interview the band. I definitely threw my hat in the ring to interview them. So uh, if that ruins my lifetime of credibility, since I'm four years old in metal, uh, okay. But uh, I would love to talk. <laughs> to chad about just his love of metal and how how did it how did you get this successful it's baffling to me but good for them and um yeah we'll see there's a lot of there's going to be at least a lot of fun things on top of everything else to listen to at least we have these things to just you know distract ourselves with disturbed and, and godsmack no band that ever says this is our last album it never is quite their last album but we'll see we'll see so you talked about credibility. My brother reminded me last week um, that I lost any credibility by being very positive about the last 30 seconds to Mars record. So he's got a point. You know, I think my credibility I mean, well before then. All but, bets you know, are off. <laughs> yeah, Jared, all bets are off whether he's a worse actor or musician. I'm not sure. Uh, I had somebody beg me oh. to like love them and I was like, no. they've got, they got three really good albums. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they make catchy songs. He's got a good voice. He's, you know, inherently <laughs> painfully good looking, uh, you know. I, you know, after Morbius, I don't really want to see another movie by him ever again, but like, whatever. It's, he's not the whole blame for that thing. Anywho, <laughs> that's, that's our show. Uh, Steve, it's always a pleasure and a gift to work with you and see you. Shout out to our staff. We name checked a bunch of them, but you know, uh, I'll tag everybody on at least Twitter and social media where I can tag people. And if you feel like following those folks, they're usually good to follow also on the socials, whoever's there. And, uh, yeah, man, go. Ghost Cult 10 coming up next week. So thank you for being part of this journey, Steve. Thank you to the staff, thank all the you. photographers, all the people. Uh, we will probably have some more stuff to report and announce soon about Ghost Cult 10 and some plans we're doing. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Thank you, Steve. And we'll see you soon. Nobody can see you devil horns on uh, a podcast, Keefe. But anyway, that's my story. <laughs> that's <cool. laughs> no, it's pretty for the best. <laughs> This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at Ghost Cult Mag. Until the next time, peace.